It's time for the number one talk show of Eastern Connecticut and Southern Rhode Island. The Stu Breyer Potpourri Talk Show on 1310 WICH. Now here's Stu Breyer. Thank you. It's a pleasure to have on our program Dr. Spencer Ehrman, a family practice physician with ProHealth Physicians located in West Hartford. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Stu. Another hot day in the city. It's getting up there, yes. It's getting up there. Looks like we will, all indications it's going to remain for a while. It's being a very hot summer. You know, let's, uh, you've got some tips to keep people healthy, and we're going to we'll talk about that. But I want to talk about this first of all, and that several years ago, it was a very hot day. I was playing golf, and I started to feel really sick and like I was going to pass out. I, I was dehydrated. And I think sometimes people don't even realize, and you could address this, that even if you're not thirsty, you can be dehydrated. Tell us about that. Well, heat-related illness is a spectrum that starts with dehydration, like you experienced. Then it can progress to muscle cramps, heat exhaustion, heat stroke. The key to drinking is by the time you're thirsty, it's too late. If you're outside and you're playing golf in the sun and it's humid out, you're losing a lot of body water. And if you ever weighed yourself before and after, you can lose two to three pounds of body water in a couple of hours. So you need to prevent the problem by drinking, and it can be water, it could be iced tea, lemonade, doesn't matter, as long as it's not alcoholic. Alcohol does dehydrate you. Best way to tell if you're getting dehydrated is if you stand up and you get lightheaded or dizzy a little bit, that's a hint. Look at the color of your urine. If your urine is dark or has a strong odor to it, that's a hint that you don't have enough water in your body and you need to drink. Well, I think that's an important way to start this. Um, I think some people don't realize that uh, people lose their lives during the summertime because of the heat, and you've got some uh, good ideas to prevent some of these situations. What's some of the big mistakes that people make when it's real hot? Well, you mentioned one, not drinking enough. Number two, think that you're immune to it. Think that, oh, I'm young and healthy, so I can go out and play football you know, in the noonday sun in the middle of August. Um, carelessness, leaving your kids in the car. I'm just running to the store for five minutes. Mm. Five minutes, you're deadly in a hot car. You now, um, heat-related illness and heat stroke is the leading weather cause of death. People don't think what they think of tornadoes and floods and hurricanes, but worldwide, it's heat-related illness is the leading cause of death. So prevention is the key. I see people leave their dogs in cars. I see you should never leave your kid in a car anyway, anytime. But Right, but it, it happens. We hear about it on the news all the time. I know. It's amazing. It's amazing. And it, I was just listening to the, the news about, you know, Texas, and uh, these people are dealing with 115 degrees. I guess they don't get out of that. They'll go leave the house at all. That's very true. You know, you should plan your activities early in the morning or later in the evening after the sun is down when it's a little bit cooler. The problem is when there's high humidity like there is in Houston, it's even harder to cool off because your body does not evaporate the sweat when it's, you know, the humidity is high, so you can't cool off. So the only way to cool off is to get into the air conditioning or fan. Doctor, are there certain groups that are more uh, higher risk for suffering heat-related illness? Um, 
Well, we start with the young children, and that can be, you know, six, five, six, seven years old. Older adults are more prone to it because they have less of a reserve to bounce back. Um, there are people with certain medical conditions, heart conditions, diabetes, who are more prone to it. And certain medications can make you more prone to it. Um, people who are overweight or obese have this extra layer of padding that the body has to get rid of all this extra heat through. People who are uh, working outside, strenuous exercising in the heat. Um, and like we mentioned before, pets. Don't forget the pets. Mm -hmm. And alcohol can also make you more prone to heat-related illness. It's interesting, alcohol. I, I think, you know, people say, uh, it's so hot, give me a cold beer. But it's uh, not a good thing to do, huh? No, for a couple of reasons. Alcohol is a little dehydrating. Mm -hmm. You know, and also you don't respond as quickly. You know, the, the temperature regulation in the body is controlled by something called the hypothalamus at the base of the brain. It's usually very efficient. So the body's core temperature doesn't really change that much when the temperature outside the ambient temperature is changing. The body regulates that, but the medicine, conditions, alcohol can change the way this hypothalamus reacts. You, you mentioned something that rang a bell with, with medicine. I think it would be advantageous for people, and when they are getting uh, prescriptions, we hear that some people with certain prescriptions are not supposed to go out in the sun at all. Could you elaborate more on that? Well, there's a couple of reasons. Um, one of them, uh, they can be more prone to sunburn. Mm -hmm. uh, medicines in the tetracycline, doxycycline class, which we use a lot for Lyme disease, can make you more prone to sunburns. But some of the medicines that use for blood pressure change the way the blood vessels react. They open and close in the skin on the body. And that's the thermoregulation mechanism the body uses to get rid of extra heat. So if those medicines are being used, you know, certain um, mental health medicines, certain diuretics can make you more prone to dehydration. Diet pills change the way your heart reacts. Your heart beats faster and less efficient. Even some prescription acne medicines can, uh, can change the way your blood vessels react. So it's, it's a very complicated process. Certainly one should ask their doctor about it when they're getting prescriptions or your pharmacist um, in case they miss mentioning that. Sounds yes, very important. Very, it's very important. You know, whenever I see my patients here at ProHealth in West Hartford, you know, I go through their med list every time patients in the office, if they're taking any vitamins, supplements, any other physicians that have prescribed for them, you need to ask that because, you know, if we're making decisions, we need to know the whole story. Interesting you say vitamins. That's so vitamins uh, counteract in certain ways as well? Certain vitamins can, yes. Hmm. Got to remember that, to bring that up, certainly. I, just recently I was reading that even when you're at the beach and you're under an umbrella and the sun, it still gets through to you. It gets through because so much of the ultraviolet rays are reflected from the water and the sand. So it doesn't have to be the direct sunlight. And you can still get pretty bad sunburns being under the umbrella. So you're not out of the woods there just by all. sitting under uh, an umbrella for four hours in the uh, sun. And also, um, people say, well, it's cloudy, <laughs> but that doesn't work either. Right? It comes no. through the ray, comes the rays come through? They come right through, yes. Interesting. I want to, uh, you know, a lot of things I want to talk to, me, you know, to protect people, and that's what you're here for today. Sometimes... Uh, 
Is it bad for you when you're out in the, the heat and you walk to a, into a place with air conditioning that's so darn cold, it's, it's almost like a shock to the system. Is that not good for you? If you don't have certain medical conditions, mainly heart conditions that make you prone to this, it's really not bad for you. Okay. It, it's a wise tale. I wonder, you know, I'm, going, I'm hot, I go in the supermarket and I go, hello, Dolly, where's my sweater? You know? Mm-hmm. It, that's not going to hurt you. So, uh, got some information that was uh, sent along to me that urban areas are have uh, more uh, extreme heat problems. Well, um, it, what you're talking about is called a heat island. Mm-hmm. Now, that's an architectural term, but it means is when you replace the natural landscape, the natural vegetation with buildings and roads, those concrete and asphalt structures absorb heat. So they've done studies show like example in downtown Hartford year round the downtown area is five degrees hotter than across the river in some of the open fields mm-hmm. because you know that they have all, you know, we've all experienced it when you go outside you know in in the city it's a lot hotter and also you have these called urban canyons the tall buildings change the wind flow so you don't get the cool breezes the vegetation transpires. It actually sweats. It gives off moisture in the air and cools the area. So there are a lot more um, heat islands than we used to have, and Hartford is listed as one of the uh, heat islands in the country. Hmm. That's that's something I learned. Last night, I thought, Doctor, it was the most beautiful summer night because the humidity was down. Yes. It was just a, a perfect night, but when you put the combination of, which is back, high humidity and... Uh, Heat. Then you were talking about bad air quality. It must be doubly uh, dangerous. It is. There's uh, a term that you hear the weathermen use called the heat index. Mm-hmm. That's a, a a ratio of the air temperature and the effects of humidity. So even though you know the it might not be that bad, if your heat index is over 75 degrees, you're going to feel uncomfortable. That's when you feel the humidity. When it's over 90 degrees, which it does get in this area, that's dangerous. It's hard to breathe. And again, it's so humid that when you sweat, the sweat doesn't evaporate. If you don't evaporate, then the body can't cool off. Your core temperature goes up and causes first the heat exhaustion and then ultimately heat stroke. So give me uh, some more of the warning signs for people uh, out there so they can just... Be right in tune to it if you're going to, if the heat is uh, getting dangerous for your health. Okay, well, we already talked about the dehydration. Mm-hmm. I know what that's if like. You, if you don't replenish, then you're going to end up getting some muscle cramps because when you sweat, you lose electrolytes, sodium, potassium, causes muscle cramping. Um, you can also get very, very red and flushed. Mm-hmm. And it, your body is trying to cool off. If it progresses, you're not treated, then um, it could be your skin can actually cool off, but it doesn't lower the internal body temperature. You can get nausea or vomiting. You would get a very fast but weak pulse, dizziness, headaches, fatigue, and the best way to treat at this level is get out of the heat. You know, if it means taking into the car and turning on the air conditioning, that's what you want to do. If you haven't changed consciousness, sipping 
cold liquids is safe. Um, you can you know, dampen the clothing. You can take wet towels. You can put ice packs in the underarms and in the groin area where the major blood vessels are. This can help cool you off because if you don't, you're going to progress to a heat stroke. And that is a altered level of consciousness, either confusion, mm-hmm. severe dizziness, inability to walk. It can cause you to pass out, nausea, vomiting, severe headache, and very hot skin. And again, the recommendation is get them out of the heat first before you call 911. If you come up to someone in the park who's having a problem, get them out of the heat, then call 911, or do it simultaneously. But don't go to your car to get the phone to call 911, because damage occurs within three to five minutes. I assume if it really gets out of hand, it can be fatal. It, like I said, over 700 people died last year from heat-related in the United States. There are people who, you know, homes right now don't have fans or don't have air conditioning, and I think it's probably a good idea to, for neighbors to check on them. Absolutely. Mm. You check again, and if you have any uh, elderly neighbors, you know, fans make a big difference, especially when you're inside. But taking the fan, actually blowing on you or blowing through a wet sheet can help cool off. Oh, that's a good idea. You know, just hang a sheet in front of the window or from, I don't know, a towel bar, put the fan there, and that can help cool you off a little bit. And most communities, when they have these high heat days, have cooling centers. You know, it could be in a library or a shopping mall uh-huh. or some other you know, civic building. So check around. If you don't have air conditioning, don't have access to a fan, there are places you can go to cool off. Many, many years ago when I first got into radio, I was living in this uh, apartment on the top floor, and the heat was rising, and it was just, I had, a, like, every 15 minutes I got out of bed and ran into the shower uh, just to cool off. But um, if you are in that situation, I don't hope nobody else gets into it, but what are things you can bring to bed with you to help you out? Or um, You can use... Um, one of these reusable gel packs with ice. Mm-hmm. And, again, you can put that in the bed. The best place to cool off the body, like I mentioned before, is near the large blood vessels. Those are in the groin area and under your arms. You put an ice pack there. I mean, it's very cold. Make sure you wrap it in a paper towel or something. But that can help cool you off. Sipping cool liquids can also help. Mm-hmm. Um, going into the bathtub or a shower or a pool or the ocean can also help cool you off. You know, the best way to treat heat exhaustion or heat illnesses is to prevent it. Well, these are great points because we are obviously in a very, very warm stretch and probably we're luckier than other places around the country, but it's still very, very dangerous for a lot of people I know. So, uh, how can we enjoy events and safeguard our health and, um, preventative measures, you know, older folks to protect themselves from potential risks? Uh, it's pretty much the same for everybody. It's stay well hydrated, stay inside out of the sun at the peak times of the day, schedule your outdoor activities, you know, around uh, darker times when it's not as hot, rest, wearing sunscreen is good, never leave people or pets in the car, 
Um, avoid alcohol. Avoid a lot of caffeine. They're both dehydrating. And avoid eating heavy meals. Mm. That's something I had mentioned before. But when you eat a heavy meal, the body has to take blood to the stomach and the GI system to help digest it. So that blood is not available to go to the skin to help cool off the body. So, you know, eat, eat light, dress in light-colored, loose clothing to allow the sweat to come off and evaporate as much as possible. Um, well, these are all good tips, yeah. Listen to the radio, watch TV, and when they say there's a heat warning, believe it. Mm-hmm. I have a marathon runner in my neighborhood, and sometimes, you know, it's, when it's a zillion degrees, I see her running, and I'm thinking, it can't be good. Um, there are some trained athletes who can acclimate to this, mm-hmm. but it's still not a good idea. I don't know if you remember um, Corey Stringer. Do you remember that story? I remember the he name. Was a, he was a Pro Bowl offensive tackle, played for, I believe, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. He died of a heat stroke during practice in, the August, in August of 2001. Oh, yeah, yeah. One of the expert witnesses in the inevitable court case worked at UConn in the kinesiology and muscle development department. Mm-hmm. And he and Corey's mother, or wife, one of the two, started the Corey Stringer Institute at UConn which is investigating and making recommendations about um, heat-related diseases, especially in athletes. And it's actually, it's local right here in stores. You know, I see these uh, football players and they start training when it's in the, in the heat of the summer, and I'm, I'm just thinking, man, that can't be good. But they do. Uh, I grew up in Tucson, Arizona, also in the heat. Mm-hmm. When I played high school football, we had two-a-day practices at 6 in the morning and 7 in the evening. Yeah, yeah. And we would go to the summer practice. If we, they, you couldn't do it during the day. They knew that way back when I was in high school. Well, that's a little common sense. I'd like to see more of that. The, the key point, common sense. Common sense. If you're, if you're uncomfortable, get out of it. Dr. Erwin, uh, this has been very uh, informative. Any other uh, things you'd like to add to this? Because we've covered it pretty well. Um, I ask, Can I tell one other quick story from my past experience? No, of course. I have time. Go ahead. Before I came to Connecticut, I was living in Denver, Colorado. And in 1993, the Catholic Church had World Youth Day. It was a huge, huge festival Somewhere between 500,000 and a million people attended. Pope John Paul II was there. Bill Clinton was there. It was a four-day festival. They had a 14-mile pilgrimage from downtown Denver to this huge reservoir park. Hmm. My office was about two miles from that park. It was so hot in August, something like 20,000 people were treated for dehydration and heat-rated illnesses. I think from young kids to old, you know, nuns wearing the black habits were walking this 14-mile pilgrimage. Oh, my God. The bottom line for this was they were not prepared. You know, they knew it got hot in Denver. They knew it was dry. But there were, the fire department was spraying fire hoses into the air to make a cool mist to cool the place off. We almost ran out of IV bags in Denver. We were giving so many. People were dropping 500 people an hour. There were some fatalities. Oh, my God. It was that bad. And this is a 
worldwide international organization that planned this, and they just didn't plan. So that's the key. Check your air conditioners, change your filters, get them serviced in the spring, get your fans ready, and have a place to go if the weather gets out of control and you mm-hmm. can't get cool any other way. Dr. Spencer, it's been a privilege uh, talking with you. Maybe we have saved some lives today or saved some, some illnesses because uh, sometimes we don't even think about it too much, but this is real serious stuff. This is. so It, very, it really is. Thank you, sir. Be it was well. my pleasure. Maybe it'll cool down the next couple of days. I don't know. I hear the humidity is going back up. Going back up. All right. Well, at least we're better prepared now, sir. Right. Exactly. Thank you very much. Okay. Take care. You too. Dr. Spencer Ehrman, family practice physician and pro-health physician located in West Hartford, keeping safe from the dangers of living on a heat situation, which we are going through now. I got to tell you, I was playing golf that day, and I felt so sick. It just hit me, and I was disoriented. I didn't know what was going on. I hadn't had enough water to drink, and I will never put myself in that position again. And I hope you never do, too. So we thank the doc for being on our show. Stu Breyer with you. We'll take a break. 889 